1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is...
0: Well hello everybody and welcome back, welcome back to another week, welcome back to another episode, welcome back, if I didn't laugh I'd cry. How are you all doing, how's your week, what's been going on? Um, As for me, I'm doing okay, extremely, extremely busy, I do not like it, I don't like it at all, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't like it. I don't know, people some people thrive off of being so busy and not having a minutes, peace. I don't. I used to like that, I think. No, I don't think I've ever liked that to be honest with you. But it's things we stay say in an interview, don't we? I work well under pressure. <laughs> I do work well under pressure. I just don't like pressure, you get me? So it's been so busy. It's been long, you know. Um, but otherwise I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Half terms about to start, so you know. Let's see what that brings us. Um, what else? No, it's 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 my brokest month. I, did I have I said already that this was a month was my brokest month? This is my brokest month. This is my brokest month. I cannot believe how broke I am this month. I can't believe it. I was saying to my sister, I was like, I don't know what's happened. I don't. I don't know what's happened. I'm not really on my bum like this during this time of the month i'm usually all right you know what i mean but rent hasn't even come out and i'm like do i need to pay rent <laughs> i'm like do do i need <laughs> do i need it like you say listen it's been tough it's been really tough so send some prayers pray for your girl um um what else nothing else it's just me so let's get into it <laughs> So I don't have anything to get off my chest. I don't have anything to get off my chest, but I do have an embarrassing if I didn't laugh that cry story. This is TMI. This is TMI. So for those who don't want to hear TMI toileting issues, fast forward, fast forward. I don't know how many seconds you need to fast forward into the future. You get me? However, I was in the office. I went to the office and all day I needed to do a number two, but I was holding it. I was like, you know you know what? I don't really like doing a number two in the office or in public. You know, I'm going to wait till I get home but I couldn't wait anymore. I was like, I've just got to do it. It's fine, because in my work, the toilets aren't like a room, a washroom and then cubicles. It's like individual toilets. So it's fine. So I was just like, it's cool. So I went to the toilet. I went to the toilet, did my thing. It was fine, you know. I've done it before in work. I don't know why I was even being like this, right? <laughs> I don't tell anyone, because I don't want anyone to even know that I do number two Anyway, I did my thing and then um, I went to flush the toilet. <sighs> Tell me why. Tell me why the thing is going. But nothing's coming out. Tell me why this thing is not flushing. I couldn't. Be, what? Couldn't believe it. And I stood there and I thought, oh, my gosh. Oh, my days, right? This is intense. It was an intense sitch. I honestly, for a good 30 seconds, I was thinking, what do I do? What do I do? And to make matters worse, I started getting paranoid because on the entrance to like the toilet area, I don't know how to describe it, but there's like, there's like a hallway, then there's like this entranceway, there's no doors on it, it's just an entranceway where it goes to the toilet area and it's like three for girls three for boys, a disabled toilet and another room for facilities, whatever whatever, whatever. facilities like toileting like toilet paper, things like that yeah, facilities supply so on that entranceway just above it there's a camera I thought everyone's going to know everyone's going to know, if I live this in this state everyone's going to know, they're going to look at the CCTV and see who last used it And everyone's going to (laughs) know. So I was like, no one can know. (laughs) In my head, no one one can know. I looked around the toilet to see what I could use use to prompt this because, again, I tried it. But nothing, no water. I said, oh my gosh, what? What? So, I looked down, there's a bin. I was like, perfect. And I looked closer, the bin is those bins with like crisscross holes in it. I thought, oh my gosh then I thought oh you know what just go to the canteen get a bowl and then come back but then again that paranoia sitting everyone's gonna know what if you bump into somebody on the way to the canteen and somebody comes here and you everyone's gonna know they're gonna know but how will they know they're gonna know they're gonna know so my paranoia I'm still in that toilet thinking right quick math doing all these calculations But the bin had a bin liner. So I was like, if that bin liner hasn't got any holes in it, this might work yet. I open the tap and the water is filling in that bin liner. Cool. I pour some of that water down the toilet. Cool. Situations is being sorted. Yeah, it's not 100%, but it's being sorted. So I was like, okay, let me fill it up again because the sink is really awkward. You can't really like put it in there and fill it up to maximum capacity. You've got to like tilt it. So I can't. You can't just keep filling up the water. It's just going to come, start pouring out now because it's at an angle. Um, I go to top up the water again. Tell me why now the tap there's no water coming out. Tell me why it's not working. <laughs> it, tell me why it's not working. I thought if this could happen to somebody, it had to be it had to be me. It had to be the wonga, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is mad. This is mad. There is nothing in this toilet to to mitigate this, right? And I'm too paranoid to leave without this being at least resolved. Luckily, luckily, the 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 contents <laughs> the contents had gone, but it's just the you know it's not clean because there's still some tissues in there. So I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna just like put more tissue in there. And that way, that's my way of mitigating it. But (laughs) I thought, do I write an email? What do I say? (laughs) But at least I was like, there's no contents in there. There's no contents. There's no proof that I came to do this particular thing in this toilet. So no one's going to know that this is what I do because I've never done it in my life. No one's going to know. And that was the moment that I deeped myself why I hate going to the office. (laughs) Why I prefer working from home because what? what how could this happen you get me but all sorted all sorted and uh so far no one's emailed me to pull me up on it to be like we know it was you so there we go (laughs) how does an atheist deal with aging christians believe that after some time spent on earth they will go to heaven and all their troubles and problems and everything will be resolved in heaven With this belief, they don't worry. Even if they don't feel well or if they age, as heaven has everything they desire. But an atheist has a hard time ageing. They realise that they may only have 60 to 80 years. I'm almost 30 and it's a crappy feeling turning 30. I realise my childhood teens and 20s are coming to a close. I enjoyed being referred to as a young person, but that isn't the case anymore those days have come to an end living with the oh you have your whole life ahead ahead of you knowing you can't go back in time and that entity is gone forever a christian knows that feelings they have they had when they were young could indefinitely reproduce in heaven but an atheist is faced with the cold hard reality that this time is gone forever my parents are heavily Christian, and being 60 and 54, they don't seem to have any trouble aging. But for me, I'm having a serious hard time, a seriously hard time. Christians believe, Christians seem to live a comfortable lie, and atheists embrace a hard truth, that when you die, you vanish into existence. You vanish into, that when you die, you vanish into existence. Okay, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense, but that doesn't make any sense. But let me carry on before I get an aneurysm. For those of you who used to be Christian, does this new enlightened reality sometimes make you depressed or sad? One can only hope in the next 30 years, advancements in medicine will allow the body to completely heal itself. thus making it possible to live longer. Love's thoughts. And then I'm going to read out an answer that a person on this community who's also an atheist gave. I think a lot of Christians do have problems with aging and death. I learned that the quickest way um, to, an empty out and, to empty out an adult Sunday school class was to announce today's topic would involve death. Suddenly everyone would remember they had that they had promised to help out in the nursery or they had something to get in the car. If you are a Christian, you believe hell is a very bad place and you don't want to end up there. Thinking Christians cannot avoid asking themselves, am I really, really sure that I'm saved? Many adult Christians over 30 are very uncomfortable about death. They know themselves and they know they will. They have weaknesses they cannot overcome. They have obligations in life and jobs that prevent them from living the kind of lives they know Christianity demands they know they have impure thoughts even as an adult. In theory, they should know they are saved by grace. Frankly, Christians who are new, who are pew warmers, frankly, Christians who are pew warmers and never think about religion may be content without, with knowing they will be saved. But the ones who think and investigate often have questions. They know they are, they are, They know there are other Christian denominations. They know know that different churches teach different ideas about what it takes to be saved. So they wonder, am I really saved? I think older atheists become more comfortable with death because we do not worry about hell. That question is interesting and the answer is even more interesting. I think this answer is pretty solid. I think this answer is pretty solid for an atheist who has answered another atheist, atheist question. This is a really, really good answer. Okay. I didn't think I'd ever say that, (laughs) but it's very true. A lot of Christians don't have their We don't, we're not comfortable with dying, you know? And you know, something that this person said at the end, I think older atheists become more comfortable with death because we do not worry about hell. I think, even more so older Christians would become more comfortable with death because we, basically, our faith tells us that we're doing all we can and we're giving it all to Jesus, right? However, let me speak for myself. I do often wonder if I'm really saved. And the reason why I wonder if I'm really saved is because, like I said, this is a really great answer, right? This person um, wrote but the ones who think and investigate often have questions. Yes, this is true. Because the more I think I, the more, the more I have become godly, right? The more I am aware of my behaviors, the more I wonder about my behaviors, the more I think, have I confessed those sins? Have I done right by that person? The more My own character is under investigation by myself, right? Now, if I'm investigating my character and God is investigating my character, I wonder how I view myself compared to how God views me. You get what I'm saying? So this question is often a question, but the Bible says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God, right? By poor in spirit, it's not to say, you know what, let me find the verse. So Matthew 5 verse 3 says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay. You can't be boastful in your morality. You you can't even start walking around saying I'm a good person because only God is the judge of that. You know what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says, judge not others, don't judge others. Um, because if you're judging others and looking at what another person is doing, you're not even noticing what, what's wrong with you. You know what I mean? But when you start noticing what's wrong with you, that's when you start think, realizing you are filthy. You know what I mean? That's when you start realizing, rah. You know what I mean? Rah. <laughs> no wonder God was always like going, you Israel, you know, you're so disobedient. Because I am that disobedient person. Now by faith, through grace. Right, but sorry, by grace through faith we are saved. You get what I mean. So yes, I've got the faith, right, and yes, I'm saved by grace. However, my character is investigated, is measured up against the moral law. You know what I mean. And you know, somebody might say, Tonga, what, where, where is that? Where's the morals? What, what morals are we meant to live by? well let's let's go to um exodus exodus chapter 20 right and don't worry i'm going to get to the to the question um you shall have no other gods before me right toonga do you have any other gods before god like is there something that takes your attention away from god well, that's your God. You know what I mean? You shall not make yourself a carved image, any likeness or anything that's in heaven or above. Basically, do you worship idols? Right? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will hold will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Do I take God's name in vain? Probably. Right? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Do I keep the Sabbath day holy? Right? um honor your father and mother that your days may be long am i obedient am i respectful do i honor my parents you get what i mean like do i do things that bring shame to them you know do i move contrary to what they've taught me in the lord you know what i'm saying um you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal and we know in the bible it says like if your anger is so roused against your you know your peer um this is to paraphrase then you know, that's basically as good as killing that person, right? Don't quote me, but the Bible does say that. (laughs) You shall not commit adultery. Do I fantasize about other people? And now I'm putting it against myself, but then do you do those things? Um, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Do, do I do those things? You shall not covet your neighbor's house, nor shall you covet your neighbor's wife. Ismail, basically everything you, uh, your neighbor's got, do not covet it. Do, when I go on TikTok, I'm seeing people's homes. I'm seeing what people drive. I'm seeing what people wear. You know what I mean? Am I going, oh, I want that. I wish I had that. Am I moving like that? Because this is the code. This is what we have been given. These are the rules that we're meant to live by, to live a moral A morally correct, righteous life. Now, do I meet this criteria? The answer is probably not. Or the truest answer I can give is I don't know. Because I can say I've never killed anybody, I, I don't commit adultery and all those things. But then those passing thoughts, like this person, like I'm saying, it's a very great answer, right? They have obligations in life, jobs that prevent them from living the kind of lives they know Christianity demands. They know they're having pure thoughts, even as an adult. This is very true. So the question does come up, am I really saved? But that's for God to decide. That's why we're being weighed. We've been investigated. When, um is it King Darius? No, it's not Darius. It's Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Yeah, I think it's Belshazzar in the book of Daniel, um, the king who was, you know, um, having orgies and, you know, drunkenness and stuff using temple, um, items and things like that. Um, when the bloody hand wrote on the wall, it says your kingdom has been weighed. And you've been found wanting. We, we are being measured against something. You know what I mean? We are being measured against something. There is no perfect person. That's why Jesus came to die for our sins. There was no one else found fit for the job besides Jesus Christ. Which means every single man that has ever lived and will ever live, was they were all sinless besides one man, Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So it's a good thing that we would, we would wonder, are we really saved? Because it means you you care about salvation, salvation. It means you really care about going to heaven. It means you really care about doing right in God's eyes. You get what I mean? However, however, when it comes to death itself, when it comes to death itself, We, I would say, let me speak for myself. In fact, I am afraid of death as much as the next person, purely because, all right, because the person in the answer spoke about death. Death is mysterious. It's, It's the unknown. And it's something that none of us have control over, right? And again, the wages of sin is death. You get what I mean? So if I am born into a sinful world and I am a sinner, it means my coffin is following me. It's just a matter of when and how, you know what I'm saying? So that thought is a weird, mad, scary thought. You get what I'm saying? But dying itself, as Paul said, I've kept the faith and I fought the good fight. You know what I mean? Um, so at the end of the day, I think the way Christians, most Christians look at death is in the same way as a non-believer. It's just a very big mystery. But as for aging, as for aging, as the question asked, I don't care about aging, right? When I was turning 30, I was not excited to turn 30. And you know what? The reasons for why I didn't want to turn 30 was what this person wrote is I'm no longer a young person. I've moved into a new category in life. But the reason why I didn't want to turn 30 was because everything that I thought I would would have achieved by 30, I hadn't achieved it. You know what I mean? So I was moving into the 30s feeling a little bit like a failure to myself. No one told me that this is what I needed to achieve. It's just what I told myself I needed to achieve before 30. Yeah. Um, So that was for my own personal reasons The age in itself, like wrinkles, gray hair, and you know, getting older. I feel like the saying, you're as old as it feels, you're as old as you feel, is very true. I do not feel 30, right? When people say the youth and they go, Yeah, the youth, and I involve myself, they're youth, and I'm thinking, What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Because I still consider myself youth. You know what I mean? But however, I'm deeping the fact that I'm not youth anymore. Yeah. But to get gray hair, to me, I'm just like, it's just one of those things that's going to happen anyway. And the Bible says in Proverbs that, let me go and read it. So in Proverbs 16, verse 31, it says, If silver head, head is a crown of glory, if it is found in the way of righteousness, ain't nothing but a thing, basically.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
0: You know what I mean? To grow old, right, is a crown of glory. It's just your testimony, especially if you are found in the way of righteousness. Deep that. If you are found in the way of righteousness, that's God's favor upon you. You see what I'm saying? So I do not fear growing old as in like me aging. But then there are certain things that we have to put ourselves under the pressure. I've put myself, there's some, there's some pressures that I've put on myself to achieve before this age, before that age. And that was before I was turning 30. Then I found God. Then all of it was vanity, And this is the God's honest truth. All of it became vanity. I do not care what I achieved before 35. You know what I mean? I do not care what I achieved before 40 because I can only live today. You get what I mean? I can only live in this day. I can't live in tomorrow or the next day. I can only live in today. So if today this is all I can manage and this is the the situations life is throwing at me and these are the circumstances in my life and I've got to navigate that, you know, I've got to go through the weeds and through the treacherous waters and then at 35, I haven't achieved what maybe I would have hoped to achieve, whatever. Whatever, you know? so i don't put much pressure on myself anymore right but let me read you some bible verses about aging let me start with um second corinthians oh i got a hard um, hard cover bible now guys <laughs> let me start with second corinthians um chapter 4 verse 16 okay it says For which cause we faint not, but though though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This person who wrote the question is correct in some aspects of... We, we do not live for this world. You know, when Abraham was told to pack up his stuff and go to, um, have a look at the promised land, God was saying to him, this is not the land you're going to live in. I'm going to give you all this land. You know, you're going to have so many descendants as much of the stars and the sand on in this, um, as and, and as the sand, he was basically saying, you are a pilgrim in this, in this earth, you are a pilgrim this world is not your home there's a song um by Jim Reeves it goes this world is not my home I'm just a passing through and I think it's I don't know if it's a hymn actually but Jim Reeves sings it um and that's just the truth and the text I've just read in 2nd Corinthians 4 verse 16 um to 18 by the way is basically saying that that this physical body can perish but our hope is an eternal hope you know, our affliction is just by a moment. So the things that we experience and we endure on this earth is temporary. It's just temporary, you know. So let me read you Isaiah 46 verse 3 to 4. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age, I am he. And even to whole hairs, grey hairs, will I carry you. I have made and will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. To whom will you liken to me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike?' This is why we have the hope, we serve a mighty, powerful God. Indeed, whom can we liken to God? Indeed, whom can say that this God is a rival to this God, to our God, to the biblical God? Which God? Right? There is no God on this earth that humans have created for themselves that can be likened to the biblical God, to the creator God. No God no God, there is no doctrine that can be a liken to the Bible, none, if you find it, let me know, <laughs> but there is none, I'm telling you right now, there is none, um, so if my God is saying to me, right, even to your old age, I am he, and even to your gray hairs, even to gray hairs, I will carry you, I have made, and I will bear, even I carry, even I will carry and will deliver you. Why should I be worried about getting old? If my God is saying, even to my old age and when I got gray hairs and he will carry me and he will deliver me and he will. like, Why would I be worried about aging and about growing old? You know what I mean? Um, the question says, this person who asked the question is. Um, Christians seem to live a comfortable lie and atheists embrace a hard truth. I wonder if it's maybe the other way around. You know what I mean? Maybe Christians live an uncomfortable truth. Does that make sense? And atheists live a comfortable lie. Am I making sense? right because the idea of a god who will judge me according to what I do in my life and who will judge my character is very uncomfortable because am I good enough right but i think a comfortable lie is the idea that there is no god the idea that my what i do does it matter? You know, as long as I live your best life, as long as I am happy and I am living my truth, as long as I am doing that, that's all that matters. You know, maybe that's the comfortable lie. And that's why... It's easy to walk on this earth and to do whatever. And it's easy to not be bound to anything. But I'm bound to a a law. Not only am I bound to the government law, I am bound to a moral law. I am bound to the godly biblical law. You get me? So my character is always in check. You know, my character is always being watched. It's so uncomfortable knowing that every single thing I do is watched and judged it's so uncomfortable. So maybe it's the other way around that Christians live an uncomfortable truth and atheists and non-believers live a comfortable lie, you know, because I know what I believe is the truth. I know what I believe is the truth, but it's uncomfortable to know that this is the case. However, it's comforting. Because then if the same God who watches and judges me, that's the same God who listens to my prayers and delivers me from evil and leads me in the path of righteousness and prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In fact, let me just read that to you. Let me read you the God, you know, the same God who judges my character, who looks at my character, um, is the same God Yeah, let me read you a psalm. This is my mom's favorite psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why should I worry about aging when this is the God that I serve? So I think, and the reason why I'm calling it an uncomfortable truth is because a lot of people don't want to accept it. Because a lot of people go, well, why would I want to serve a God who's happy to throw people, to, to send people to hell and to watch people bend? That's the uncomfortable truth that your life means something. That the things you do in your life, they all mean something. something. That justice will be served for every single thing that you've done and you will be weighed and you will be measured. You know what I mean? And your character is being watched and is being um, investigated. So you know, that's the God that I serve. And it's uncomfortable, of course, you know, because am I am I good enough? Am I doing the right things? Am I teaching my daughter the right things? Am I um, making a good impression to other people? It's a different kind of pressure, but it's good. Thy rod and thy stuff, they comfort me. This means that when when we are being chastened by the word of God, And as we know, the word of God is a double-edged sword, which means there is no way you can go in the Bible that won't pierce through you, that will not convict you, right? Now, it means that every single time I go out of line, that rod and thy staff, they come for me. They whip me back into where I'm supposed to be because he is my shepherd. So he's putting me back into where I'm supposed to be. He's putting me back into that paths of righteousness. Right, but a non believer finds this inadequate, finds this uncomfortable because their God is self. You, you, you worship yourself, you do right by yourself, and you look out for yourself first. Whereas the Bible teaches us to look out for our neighbors, you know, and to love our neighbor. So maybe it is the other way around, like I said. Maybe we believe in their, we believe and are convinced by an uncomfortable truth. And the non-believer is comfortable in their comfortable eyes. This is just um, a very, very, very interesting question. And one can only hope that the next 30 years of advancements in medicine will allow the body to completely heal itself. That's making it possible to live longer, to live longer lives. Our first time already as loves because this person said loves. Um, to live longer lives. Um, The answer to this is no, <laughs> this is not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Because in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve had trespassed and they had sinned, the tree of life was removed, basically was guarded. Yeah, it was protected by angels. Every single time they would move to go to this, the angels would move with the swords drawn, basically, right? Because they were not allowed to have access to this um, after the fact because to live, to, to be immortal in this sinful body is punishment. Is You're never going to find medicine that heals itself. In fact, it's an oxymoron. Medicine is does not heal as opposed to cause another issue somewhere else. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense. I do not know if I'm making sense. But take a cancer patient. They go to chemo and they get pumped with so much of the, um, of the medicine of the drugs, right? In chemo, of the chemicals, and that is targeting whatever it is—the tumor, the mass, whatever it is, right? But it's traveling through the bloodstreams it's going everywhere in that body, it's not just going straight, there. like, oh no, no, we can't touch that, we can't touch the liver, guys, we can't touch anything straight to the tumour, it doesn't work like that, other things are being affected, so yes, the tumour, the cancer is being exercised, but then there are other areas that are getting a battering, right, you're never the same, take somebody who's on pain meds, you're on pain meds, That medication is going to target the pain, but where else is it traveling? It's in your bloodstreams. Where else is it going? And if everything in our body is connected, everything else is getting affected by this medicine. So what medicine could they really make that makes the body heal itself? That's an oxymoron. That will never happen. Mark me. It will never happen. The greatest healer that there is, is Jesus Christ, is God. You know what I mean? That's why in the Bible, miracles were performed. If somebody just touched his garment, they were healed, you know? So why are we saying let's rely on medicine when medicine so far, if, 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 yeah, from an atheist point of view, if this world is millions and millions of years old, why are we still not there yet? Why are we still not there yet? you understand what I'm saying. So it's never going to happen. If it hasn't happened for the millions of years we've been here, it's not going to happen in the next 30. And you know why it's not going to happen? Jesus is coming again soon. However, there is a hope. There is an amazing hope um, with the thought of Jesus coming again soon in Revelation chapter 21. Let me get it up. Revelation twenty-one. And verse four, it says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. That's the hope we live for. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That all of these things, all this aging, the aches, the pain, the death, the the, the disasters, everything, the former things will pass away. This is the hope that we live for. We don't live for the hope of medicine that will heal the make the body heal itself. We don't live for that. That's why we don't have worry. Because if we die in this life, we have a promise of another life. If we live in Christ, if we live righteous lives, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I wanted to read this in Second Timothy 3 verse 7. It says, this says this about being um, humans. Um, so in 2 Timothy chapter three, it's talking about perilous times that are coming, you know, how people are going to be behaving in the latter days, in the last days, yes? And then in verse seven says, ever learning and never being able to come to the knowledge of the truth, right? And I think that's quite hard hitting that people are ever learning, but we're never, ever, they're never coming to the to the knowledge of the truth, really. You know, they say themselves, here, we have found the solution, but that's not actually the solution. The solution is Jesus. You know, people say, here, we have found the cure. That's not the cure. The cure is Jesus. You know, people say we have figured out how to world world hunger, how to end world hunger. They haven't figured that out because the solution is Jesus. You can't go against what Scripture says. Scripture says there will be famines, there will be pestilence, there will be disasters, there will be natural disasters. Ever since the dawn of time, since the fall of man, there's been wars. There's been rumors of wars. But then he says in the end days, it's going to be even more than that has ever been before. How can we ever say peace and safety? How can we ever stop it? We can't. Only Jesus can. Right? So don't be deceived and living in your comfortable lie because your lie is going to lead to death rather live in an uncomfortable truth. And you know what, let me ask you this question. When has the truth or hearing the truth about yourself, right? Hearing the truth about yourself, ever been comfortable? Have you ever had somebody tell you, you know what, you know, you hurt my feelings because this is this. And they start basically opening your character up, bare to you. You get uncomfortable, you get defensive, you get a little bit like, rah, that's me. Because we don't like hearing things, bad things about ourselves. That's what the word of God does. It convicts you. It opens you up bare. You are like living in a glass house constantly when it comes to God. You're in a glass house. But best believe and rest assured your house, your glass house has got the protection of the holy angels, has got the protection of the heavenly host. That's the hope that we Christians live by. So why do we worry? Why do we worry? You know what I mean? As we read, who who can you compare against God who protects us, who delivers us? Who? Okay. Let me leave you with this. Yeah. Let me leave you with this in First Peter 3 verse 8 to 16. So this is going to be a little bit of a lengthy read, but I thought it was very, very um, important. Um, finally, be ye all of one mind having compassion on one another or having compassion one of another love as brethren be pitiful and courteous not enduring evil for evil or railing for railing but contrite, but contrary blessing knowing that ye are there unto blessed that you should inherit a blessing for he that will love life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil his um and his lips that they speak no guile let him ensure eschew ev- evil and do good let him seek peace and ensue it for the eyes of the lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers but their face of the lord is against that, that them that do evil and who is he that will harm you if ye be followers um of that which is good but but and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be tra- troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evil, of evildoers there may be a shame that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ amen amen okay who can do evil right who will harm you if he be followers of that which is good who so yes as Christians when the word of God we are put in a glass house when we, we there's nowhere we can hide from God right? We live in a glass house, but who can harm us if we are doing what is good? The Bible is not saying that no one is ever going to harm you, but truly, like I read before, though this body perishes, it's just temporary. So who can really harm you? And what this is saying is who can take away your soul? No one. If you're doing good, no one can. Because if you're walking in the ways of righteousness, no one can take or can kill you okay? And we know the Bible says we're just, but we're just sleeping because one day we'll rise and go to heaven. That is the hope. So no, we do not worry. Well, let me say, I do not worry about aging anymore. I used to. I used to worry about aging. I used to worry so much about what this life brings and the things of this life. And then I found God and I said, after all, after all, what am I worried about? And even when it comes to, am I saved? Whenever I have those thoughts, I say to myself, I pray so, and I hope so, you know? But if I am not, if there is an iniquity found in me, you know, reveal to me what that is, so I can confess it, so I can repent of it, because remember, we read, yeah, that blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. So let us not worry, yeah? Do not worry. Do not turn to the left and to the right and do not worry, you know? And do not be um, but put off, put off with the things of this world. And these things, these thoughts are normal thoughts. They're, thought, they're not thinking about death is a normal thought, you know? But if you are biting your nails, really worrying about death and we're really, really worrying about dying and you don't want to die, then ask yourself, am I right with God? Because if you are right with God, right, then have the faith, have the faith that his grace is sufficient, that his grace is sufficient to see your heart, to really see you for who you are but if you are fearful of that, then get right with God. You know what I'm saying? So let me leave it there, friends. I got a little bit passionate on that, but let me leave it there, friends. Um, and let me leave us with something, right? Let me leave us with something. I'll leave us with this, okay? And even to your old age, I am he. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I'm
1: sorry the episode is over, but please tune in next week for another exciting journey. Goodbye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Have good vibes.